Welcome to Tea Talk. All of life flows from the spiritual center of the culture. If this center is healthy, the culture becomes healthy. Tea Talk is a time of intrigue, investigation, insight, and inspiration, enabling you on your life's journey. Invest in your future by gleaning from today's session. Psalms 5, and he says, uh, here at verse, uh, starting verse 1, says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Now he's speaking and he's thinking. Alright? Hearken unto the voice of my cries, and now he's talking. So he's he's thinking, he's meditating, uh, he's speaking, my King and my God, for unto you will I pray, my voice you shall hear when? Daybreak the Bukhar in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with your supplication. Remember what we said about supplication? Yes. Is to shelter, protection. Man, just by releasing that, he's now putting wickedness and evil in its place. Alright? Now, uh, he says that you, I like this. It says he will direct his prayer. Um, morning, I will direct my prayer unto thee. Underline the word direct and put this phrase, set in order. Man, set in order. I'm going to set my world in order. It's the idea of taking the showbread. You just didn't go in and flop the bread on the table, but it has specific commands of how they put the showbread on the table in the, in the tabernacle. Okay? Uh, let's go over to Lamentations. I mean, Lamentations chapter 3 is written by Jeremiah. Starting in verse 22, it says, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Because His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. The, to the soul that seeks Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. When is He doing this? He's doing this early in the morning is when He's doing this, alright? Okay? And we, I can give you other ones. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4 says, He awakens me morning by morning. Uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 1, it says that He went out and He spent all night in prayer. All night in prayer deciding this. On the day of Pentecost, it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Well, we know that they were accused of being drunk. And the, and the expression was, how can these men be drunk? It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. So when did the Holy Ghost fall? He fell early in the morning. Okay? Here's what you understand. God renews everything in the morning. Remember the manna in Exodus 16? They went out, and the word manna itself means, what is it? So every morning you get up and you go get, get into the Word and into meditation and in, into the, the hearing, the, the, your voice speaking of it, and, and, and you come in and you say, God, what is it today? What is it you need from me today? I come to take the manna from you. Uh, and the Bible says uh, in Exodus 34 that the Lord descended and it brings fresh revelation. How many like to, like to walk in the Spirit every day? Come on. The only way you do that is fresh revelation. And the way He does that is He gives you a peace and then He continues to unfold it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now let me say this to you. Write this down. The more you read the Word, the less of the Word you will read. Because God may take you and, and camp you on one sentence. He may camp you on one word. Right. And get you to look at that one word all the way through the Scripture. And He'll recall things. You'll be in meetings. And all of a sudden that word will pop up. I mean, all of a sudden it's just on you. You cannot get away from it. See, See, I, I, I know in, a, in early days, in younger days, we need to have that discipline of reading those three chapters in the old, three chapters in the new. We need that to get the Word in us. But there comes a time when that Bible is no longer something that you're pouring in. It's something that's coming up out of you for the, for the, as a weapon to defend the kingdom of God and the purposes of God in the earth. So why then early in the morning? In Genesis chapter 28, here we see, starting in verse 10, it says, And Jacob went out. Now, notice Jacob is now, he's, he's gotten his goods, he's leaving the territory, but now he's having this encounter with God. In verse 10 of chapter 28, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place. Everybody say, Paga. But there is a place that's with you and God. Now, it, that's not the only place, but how many know there are certain, how many, how many of you know in your life there were times when you just went into your study and it was just you and God? You know? And, and that's what he carries with this idea of, uh, of a certain place, a Paga. And he tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took the stones that was in that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon you lie, to thee will I give it, and to your seed. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in you and in all your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with you. Notice, here it is. Remember what he said? God said, I will meet you. Now he's saying to Jacob, I am with you. I am meeting you, Jacob, and will keep you in all places where you go, and will bring you again unto this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken uh, to you of. Alright? So here we see, going verse 16, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Underline that verse in your Bible. He said, This is the house of God, and it's the gate of heaven. So if we're to get what Jesus told the disciples, he said to the disciples, pray this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? Heaven. In heaven. How is God's will going to be get, get into the earth? He's got to bring it through the house of God. Uh -huh. All right? Don't tell me we don't need the church in this hour. Come on. The church is the gate to heaven. And gate represents authority. Amen. Alright? So churches that are walking in the authority of God, that is where the gate of heaven is. These places that are having religious meetings 
They are not the gates of heaven. They are simply borrowing a name and trying to convince people that they have authority when they only have an echo of information. If they don't have an apostle and prophet in their life, they have no authority. Let me just be real strong with you. Because you cannot have three of the gifts and not the fivefold. Oh, I'll just go on here. Now look at this. He goes on, he says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Man, look at this. He rose up when? Early, early in the morning. And he took the stone, the stone representing Jesus Christ, and he made it a pillow. And he set it up as a pillar. Think of this. Here's what. Here's the life. Here's the progression. If you want to grow in Christ, here's what you got to do. Simon, which means reed blowing in the wind. And Jesus comes to Simon and he said, Your name will no longer be called Simon. Your name will be called Peter, a rock. But that wasn't the best. That wasn't the maximum for Peter. He says, when you get over into Galatians, Peter, Paul says to them, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, I went to the pillars, which Peter was one of them. So the progression is, in our life, is we go from being a reed blowing in the wind to a, a rock, a solid person, to a pillar in the temple of our God. And there were two pillars in the Old Testament temple, and it meant one pillar, and they named the pillars, and, and the one name was Sure. And the other one was named established. Wow. They had names on them. And so it comes and calls. And the whole principle is starting right here. And notice what he said. When he said, I set it up for a pillar. And what did he do? He anointed it. I poured oil upon the top of it. Who anoints us today? It's the Holy Ghost anointing that comes Amen. upon us. When we keep moving, and that's why there's times in our life when that we feel that anointing is coming in. Why? Not just because uh, it's, it's not that permanent resident yet to where we walk in that unction daily, but it is as we're growing in Christ, that anointing comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. But when we reach the pillar stage, there's a pouring that comes upon us that when we walk into McDonald's, man, or we walk down the street, we go to the garages and say Shundai, and all the garage doors start closing because we walk in the anointing. Come on. That's what, that's what Jacob's referring to. Are you all right? And he called the name of that place Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Oh man, there's so much to do. Sonny, you can preach on that the rest of the year. <laughs> Why? Because we need to understand Jacob's ladder or Jacob's stairwell. He looked up to heaven and he saw from the ground up, he saw God at the top of the ladder. Mm -hmm. Or the staircase is another word that you can use. Jesus said in John chapter 1 and verse 51 when he's talking to Nathaniel and uh, um, 
I can't remember who he was. Was it Mark Allen? No, Mark Allen would be well then. Okay, he was talking there. And John chapter 1, verse 51. And he said, You will see the Spirit descending and uh, you will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Upon the Son of Man. Now you have it in the Old Testament under Jacob, and now you have it in the New Testament with Jesus. Amen. There's an ascending and a descending, it goes on. Now look at this. Why is that important? Because this ladder is established because angels are under submission. Right. They're under submission. They do what God tells them to do. They are waiting for commands. Now look at this. Because when you see the ascending and descending, there's a changing of the guards. In other words, there are angels that are being that are descending, and there are angels that are ascending back to God. Now, where do we see this principle? Well, in Job chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. Notice it says about Satan that he was the star of the morning. Isaiah 14 and 12. He was an angel. I'm going to believe Satan was an angel. Okay. The Bible says he was the day star. Okay? And but after he falls, he begins to rule by violence. By violence. But there was up until Matthew chapter 11 says that the uh, 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 John talking here. And he said, the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. And we've always heard, man, we've got to get violent for Jesus. That's contrary to Scripture. Contrary to Scripture. What he was talking about, up until the time when John the Baptist came, when John the Baptist pronounced to the spirit realm that uh, the kingdom of God was at hand, he set all the violent spirits on notice that the kingdom of God had come. And the kingdom of God is ruled by what? Peace, love, joy, all those good things. That's what it's ruled by. And so he announces to them, your violent days are just about to be over. And so what happens, more than any other writings, you don't read it much in Paul's writings, you don't read it much in Peter's writings, but you always read Jesus confronting the demoniacs. There were demoniacs, I'm not saying there, and there are today. But we see that the, the whole idea is when Jesus comes and pronounces, He starts taking on that violent realm that's here. And we see it over and over again. Why? Because there was, up until this time of John the Baptist, there was no resistance to their violence. That's why you see things in the Old Testament that are killing their babies and all this stuff. That is, the, that is the depth of evil. The abortion thing that's going on in this nation and and uh, the euthanasia and, and all those kind of things. It's the depth of evil in the kingdom of darkness. Alright? Okay, now, notice what happens. Jesus comes. Well, the angels, they report back to God. We see that in Job chapter 1. And, and amongst them at that time, Satan was coming also. And remember, he brings the charge and said, you know, have you considered uh, God said, you have you considered my servant Job? And all kinds of why? Because they have to report back. Alright, now look at this. Now, Jesus comes along and He becomes the ruler of the morning. He takes it away from Lucifer and now He becomes the ruler of the morning. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2 and 3 says, The Son of Righteousness shall rise with what? Healing in His wings. So He's the ruler of the morning. Revelation chapter 2. And verse 25 and uh, through 28, we see that uh, uh, he said, I will give you the morning star. 
He's talking to him there. He said, I'll give you the morning star. So Jesus becomes the ruler. Now, how did Jesus become the ruler? Well, we all know through the cross, Matthew 28, through the cross, John chapter 20, it says he comes along, he goes to the cross, he, he strips down, he destroys the works of the devil, etc., etc. And now he steps into that place as the ruler of the morning. Now, what happens? It says in Matthew 28, he says, all, everybody say all, 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 all authority, all authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven and on earth. So now the church has this responsibility of ruling the affairs of mankind on the earth. He's given us to that. Because right after that, what does He say? Go. Go, therefore, and teach, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And whatsoever things I commanded you, that teach. Why? Because God's intent is always to have earth look like heaven. That's good. Amen. Always. And that has never changed. Amen. Okay? Alright, now look at this. So how do we do this? The church is the place where heaven is open and authority is exercised. In Genesis 28-17, I told you to highlight it, he said, how awesome is this place? Jacob, he's just out there by old Jabbok. He's down by the creek. He had the original cowboy church. Yeah, he just down at He just uh, 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 taking care of his herds and everything like that. But he's having these dynamic encounters that is still applicable for what we're trying to do today. And he said, "Man, how awesome in this place! God was in this place, and we didn't even know." Come on. We come in, and we just we, we're so accustomed. We don't come with anticipation of how awesome that God allows us to come. Wednesdays and Sundays and other times and that we, we get the opportunity to come and sit under the presence of the living God that He will meet us where we are. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So we think it's just coming to hear another message. No, that's not the intent. The intent is He can pour oil on us, heal us up, and send us back out. Come on. That's the intent. Amen. How awesome is this place, He says. Now look what He says. He said, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Remember what Jesus said? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates is the place of authority. It's the place where prophecies were confirmed. It was the place where they made a prison, gave prison sentence to prisoners. It was the place where the elders sat in the gates and determined who came in and who went out of the city. The gates were the place of, of spiritual authority. And he says, man, he said, I'm giving you an awesome place and it's not going to be recognized by people falling on the floor or how many people are getting saved. It's going to be recognized because the authority of heaven is abiding upon the group of people that are sitting under my, my, my hat. God is waiting for the church to tell him what to do. This is the intercession. This is the intercession. He's waiting for it. 
The Holy Spirit will intercede through us. And so when we begin to see how this intercession takes place, so what happens is that all of a sudden, the sons, the sons of God, hear what God is saying. If He is interceding, then the Holy Spirit is telling us what to see, then, uh, to intercede for, then, then we've got to understand that if we're true sons and daughters of God, then we will hear and we will obey. Amen. Write down Hebrews chapter 1 and chapter 2. Study it on your own. But notice it says, in, in chapter 1 verse 2, it says, And He speaks today. Yeah. The problem is, it's all self-centered. We want to speak about our situation. When He speaks, He speaks to the community. So if He says something to you, it's, there's something in it for the whole community. Because you're a part of us. We're all linked together in this thing. So when somebody comes to me and says, Man, the Lord said, I said, well, let me judge that. Because I've got to determine whether I want that in the community or not. But Jesus speaks today. In, in chapter 1 of Hebrews, in verse 7 and 14, talks about ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. Do you realize? I want you to get this picture in your mind. Whenever you see a sunrise, I want you to see your ministering spirits that you have commissioned over your life on that day. We have too many angels that are unemployed. Unemployed. Now, I know you can get way out there with angel stuff, and I know some guys have died early because they got more into angels than they did Jesus. I understand yeah. But if you understand, ministering spirits are the ones that have been assigned to you. They're called public servants. You need to teach your kids to release ministering spirits for their school day. Amen. You need to release ministering spirits for your job, where you're working. You know, that's that supplication up here. For your protection and help. How do you think you're protected? I never get on a plane without saying, Hey boys, are you on the wings? Come on. And more so, are you on the engine? Yeah. Yeah. And man, and I and I don't I don't really get concerned. I've had a few times when I got a little nervous. <laughs> but I know why. Because the places I am going into, which I cannot talk about a lot of that, places I go into, if I know that a ministering spirits were not with me, my armor could not hold off the attack that would come against me. And nor can you. Because that's how strong evil has become surrounding us today. We need the forces of angelic beings, ministering spirits that belong and are assigned to us. We need them activated. Alright. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Then he speaks to mankind. Chapter 1, verse 14, chapter 2, 5 through 10. So let me give you some steps how we do this. 1 John, chapter 5. In chapter 5, verse 14, he says, And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Now, when it gets down to specific things that apply to your life, like God says, I want you to be working at Joe's restaurant, that's God's will for your life, then you have the right to ask and have confidence of asking God because He put you in that environment. But that list I gave you 
we can have confidence to use that list and we can contemporize it. You can, you can make it personal. You can do all those type of things. But that is a list that you can use that, that you start crying out. And notice what it says. The church, then, and the steps that you take, first of all, is that if you're asking anything according to His will, the church prays the Word of God. So much we're praying for me. I'm praying for about me or my family or whatever. And all that's wonderful and it does a lot for us and it's good, you know, in this category here. But let me tell you, when God acts and hears us, we know is when He hears His own covenantal word because that's what moves a judge is when He hears the law, not hearsay, based on our opinion. So the church begins to pray the Word of God. What happens? God hears those prayers. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. And chapter 8, verse 3 through 6. It talks about the prayers, uh, the incense that goes up to God. The prayers that go up to God. And what does He do? He hears those prayers. And what does He say in Revelation chapter 5? He doesn't send the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's already here on earth. Come on. He doesn't send the Holy Spirit. You go to Revelation, He activates your angels. He activates your angels. And the angels now, what happens? The angels, according to Psalms 103 and verse 20, the angels are waiting to hear God give them the word that you had given them. Now why is this important? Please understand this. God will not violate his own principles. Yeah. In other words, right. he will not take back the authority on earth that he's already given to the church. Amen. God can do everything, but he chooses to limit it himself. He chooses it. He can do anything. He's sovereign. He's God. Yeah. But he will not violate his principles because that's what governs his kingdom. And so as a result of that, if the church is not crying out for His will to be done on earth, it ain't going to be done. And the angels are sitting up there, and they're, you know, their fingernails are getting long, and their, their hair is getting long, you know, because they've been, they're unemployed. They're not homeless, they're just unemployed. And so they're waiting for, for us to pray the word to God because God doesn't act till He hears His word. That's the ideal of an advocate. The advocate is we go as... Oh man, I've got to give you a court scene. The word adversary means a prosecuting attorney. It must be Democrat because that's the description of Satan. Come on. Over here is the advocate, but we are the law, the, we're the legal, what do they call them? Um, Legal aid. We're the legal aid that gives the case to the advocate. The advocate presents it to the father, and the father makes a ruling. And if the devil has anything on you as a prosecuting attorney, guess what? He can undo the very thing that you give to the father. That's why communion is so powerful. Yes. Okay, thank you, Are you all with me? Say, so man, when we come, we're going to look at Satan. We're going to be like Jesus. He has nothing in me. Yep. Come on. He ain't got nothing on me. So right. Jesus, present my case. And the Father says, I hear it. Angels, go down there and take care of that. Amen. All right. They are assigned to a task to obey. Then they 
descend to the earth. Remember Elisha? Elisha in 2 Kings? Man, he says, the servant goes, My God, we're surrounded, we're surrounded. And God, and Elisha says, Open his eyes, God. And he, and he saw all those ministry spirits that surrounded the enemy. Wow. Yep. Oh, man. Then, guess what? Once they get to the, they descend to the earth, now they're going out into the community and they're setting up divine appointments for you. And your job then is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and go where the Holy Spirit tells you. See, our part is walking in the Spirit here. Angels have set the divine appointment. How many of you ever had those divine appointments? Yeah, come on. You know what I'm talking about? You go, wow, isn't that weird? No, somewhere in there you bumble onto something, all right? You know, but notice what happens is they begin to set divine appointments, and as a result, we cannot lose the, the task because we're walking in the Spirit with Him. And then the Holy Spirit leads us to where to minister. The process. When's the best time in the earth? In the morning. Right in the day. Early in the book of Why? Because the angels are taking your prayers and they are ascending to the Father. And He has taken those prayers and He's given assignments to the angels and they are descending on your behalf as ministering spirits. That's strong. First Thank you for joining today in your pursuit of perfection and peace of mind. For more experienced and valuable choices, visit our website, terrylthompson.org. Stay connected for more life-changing and reliable systems of thought and renewal.